Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Kessler was a world-famous violinist. Though he had earned a fortune, he had given most of it away, so that when he found a beautiful violin, he could not afford it. And so he had raised enough money, and he returned to the cellar, but the violin had been sold to a collector. He approached a new owner and offered to buy it, but unfortunately the collector wasn't interested. And so he asked the collector if he could uh, play the violin for one last time because he wasn't willing to sell it to him. And so the collector agreed, the man agreed to let him play it. And so this man, he played the violin so beautifully. uh, The collector told him, I have no right to keep it. And so he gave it to this man And so he told him, he said, take it into the world and let people hear it. And so this, amen, amen, was something valuable to this man. It was something valuable to this other man. And no doubt when he heard this this other man play it, he told him to take it, amen. Because how many of us know that something precious something beautiful, amen, it's not just for us to keep, amen, it's for us to share it, and this evening I want to say that the gospel, amen, is more valuable than a violin, it's more, it's more beautiful, amen, than, you know, hearing, amen, just for a moment somebody play a violin, and so this, this is our call, to take this gospel unto the ends of the earth. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray. God, we thank you, my King, that you have entrusted us with your kingdom, my God, that as we go, Lord God, we would make disciples, my King. As we go, my King, Lord God, unto the ends of the earth, Lord God, you would advance your kingdom. Lord God, and people will be saved, people will be touched, and brought to you, my King. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen. And so I want to take a look at this evening, the Great Commission. And so we need to go out there and touch the world for Jesus. And a lot of churches, they're lacking this, amen. They have their own methods of touching the world for Jesus, but it's not, amen, the method that Jesus Christ left behind. 
So we need to touch the world, amen, by making disciples. So it doesn't matter how many people we have, amen, in our church. It matters, amen, how many disciples we're making. I'm not saying that the people, amen, are important. Say the saving of the souls aren't important. Um, I was there at a at a men's class in uh, Prescott, and Pastor Richard Ruby said this. He said, "Discipleship is God's biblical method of winning the world." And no doubt, there are men that that are experienced in this. Amen. There there are men that are soul winners. Amen. There are men, amen, that have proven this through their own life, amen, and through their, their own impact. So why is discipleship so important to you and I today? We, we think about Jesus, amen, that he had his disciple. But why is it so important for you and I today? A lot of people are like, well, that was back then. You know, it's, it's not for now. But it is for now. And so this was Jesus, amen, his method of spreading the gospel throughout the world. This is a multiplication process. He reproduced himself, amen, through discipleship. And so by definition, a disciple is a follower, one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrine of another, a Christian disciple is a person who accepts and assists in the spreading of the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not our good news, it's his good news. And so Christian disciples is a process by which disciples grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you and I were equipped by the Holy Spirit who resides in our hearts. To overcome the pressure and the trials of this present life. And so as we give ourselves to discipleship, as we give ourselves, amen, to the commission, we, we become more Christ-like. As we give ourselves to the Bible, amen, God is transforming us. So this process requires believers to respond to the Holy Spirit, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. How many of us know that the Holy Spirit, it'll find out our hearts. It'll find out our thoughts. It'll find out our words. It'll find out our actions. Amen. And so when we, when we come, amen, to the word of God, amen, we need to let the Holy Spirit deal with us. And so this requires, amen, that, that, that we would be in our word daily. Praying over it and obeying it. In addition, we should always be ready to give a testimony of the, amen, of the hope of Jesus Christ. And to walk in his ways as the disciples did. According to the scripture, being a Christian disciple involves personal growth characterized by following. And as men and women, we need to give ourselves over to discipleship. If we're going to do anything for God, if we're going to do anything as a church. And so, giving ourselves to the Great Commission, I want to look at. 
Because there's a lot of people, amen, that don't know what the Great Commission is. And so this, in this partnership with the seed company, they did a study. So they asked people what they thought the Great Commission was. And so they asked them, and they said half of churchgoers, 51%, say they do not know the term at all. Think about this. And so we would assume that the other half would know what it means. But only 17% knew what it meant. And 25 of them said they couldn't... They knew what it was, but they couldn't remember. And so 6% are sure, or they don't know what it means, the Great Commission. And I believe, amen, that a lot of people, they, they don't know what the Great Commission is because most people or most churches are money-driven. I was uh, reading this book, uh, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership Skill. And so I got to the 11. Amen. Everything was good. Amen. I haven't got past the 11th because I'm, I'm still dwelling on it. But So I, I got there. And so it's written by uh, John Maxwell. And so he, he said he took over this job at this church. That, that's the description that he made. He said he took over this job at this church. And so when he goes there, he starts analyzing the church, and he says, he starts analyzing, and so he figures out that, that the church is not growing because, he has, because there's weak leaders there. That's what he says. So he starts getting rid of people. He says, anytime a member left, I search for someone to replace them. And as a result, the impact on Skyland, Skyland Church was incredible. Almost as soon as I made the change in 1981, we started growing again. In a fewer than 10 years, the church became three times the size it had been when I started. And the annual budget, which was 800000 when I arrived, grew to more than $5 million a year. Think about this. This is what this man is saying. Think about me coming over here and taking over this church, and I just start getting rid of people. <laughs> and so that's, that's nuts, amen? And so this, this is why people don't want to make disciples. They don't want to hold on to the commission, amen, that Jesus Christ has commissioned us to do. And, and sometimes it's hard, amen, but it's, it's what Jesus Christ established, I, I was reading this, and I thought, this is nuts. Imagine this. And this is what the church world thinks church should be like. Get rid of people. Bring up the budget. Build more basketball courts. Build a bigger swimming pool, or whatever you have, a sanctuary. Um, um, lights, effects, you know, better song service. Amen. And I want to say this evening that, that God, amen, he uses disciples. 
they're, they're imperfect, amen. We're imperfect, amen. But he, but those are the ones that God has used, amen. And so we need to do, amen, what God tells us to do. But we're going to need something beyond ourselves. The Bible says to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so how can we be baptized, amen? A lot of people, you know, they shun away from this. They don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. And at the time, Jesus Christ, amen, was walking with his disciples. The disciples truly did not understand what the baptism of the Holy Ghost was. A lot of sophisticated people, amen, they don't understand the Holy Ghost. I remember when I got saved, my brother-in-law all of a sudden gives me a book. And... Basically, amen, this, this book is trying to discredit the speaking in tongues. I think it was because I was so bold and I was just convicting him. So he said, I'm going to give him this book so he'll shut up. But he gave me this book, amen, that was from his pastor that was speaking against speaking in tongues. And why tongues is not for now. And I started reading this book and it started messing with my mind. I'm like. It sounded very good. It sounded very sophisticated. But I thought to myself. I was like. No. I, be I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in speaking in tongues. And I know what God has done in my life. And so I threw, I, I threw that book away. Amen, and thank God I did. I threw it in the garbage, amen, it was garbage. And then you have other people, amen, that everything is the Holy Spirit. That there's running around in the Holy Spirit. Um, there was this crazy video that, that we watched when I was a new disciple that they were talking back and forth in tongues, cracking jokes, <laughs> barking like dogs. Amen. And it was just, it, it, it was nuts, amen. God's a God of order, amen, and so is the Holy Ghost, amen. I know we I know we speak in tongues, amen, and it's unknown, amen, to some people. But God is a God of order. And so in John 14, 26, it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And so this is what the Holy Spirit is, amen. Jesus was teaching his disciples. He was eating with them. He was ministering to them. But the one thing that Jesus Christ could not do, that the Holy Spirit did, was recite in them, in their hearts, amen, to quicken them. This is an inward work, amen. The word Emmanuel is God with us. But how many of us know that Jesus Christ was going back to the Father? 
So what the Holy Spirit does, amen, Emmanuel is God with us, but what the Holy Spirit is, is God in us. That God would come, amen, and do a work in us, and that, you know, he can help us. John 16, 5 through 7 says, but now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me where you are going. But because I have said these things to you, you are sorrowful. Your hearts have been filled with sorrow. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth. I say it is profitable for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, listen to this. This is a breakdown. The counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be close in fellowship with you. Amen. So God wants to be close to us, amen, and that's how he does it. Through the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them to wait. Jesus told him, amen, that he's going to pour out his spirit in Acts 1-4. On one occasion, while he's eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to get wait for the gift of the Father, the promise, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days he was going to baptize them in the Holy Ghost. And so they obeyed. Think about this. And they turned the world upside down. Amen. We're, we're not going to, amen, turn the world upside down being in a fancy church. Amen. Sitting, amen, and warming up a seat. It says that they ob obeyed him and they turned the world upside down. And so the Holy Spirit causes you, amen, to be active. Amen. The day of Pentecost. And so that promise was fulfilled. The power of the Holy Spirit came down on each of them. And the Holy Spirit came and changed the world. It changed them. And so the Holy Spirit opened up a new door of possibilities. Man, because it was God dwelling within man. And so th there's a book, amen, it's called the uh, Are We Flammable or Fireproof? And so the Holy, it talks in the book that the Holy Spirit wants to connect with us. On the day of Pentecost, the tongues of fire fell on their heads in the upper room. And so connected with their tongues of the flesh in their mouths. And so the result was a glorious and powerful prophetic cross-culture evangelistic outburst that transformed the believers and changed the world. Amen. Think about it. It changed them now and it's changing you and I today. Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind 
came from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated them, I mean, that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues and enabled them, amen, that day. And so what the Holy Spirit did was help them and empower them, amen, to impact the nations for God. And so how many of us know that God, amen, wants to give us his spirit? Amen. And so what Jesus did, you and I can also do. Joel 2.28 talks about it. How God will pour out his spirits on his sons and his daughters. It says that they will prophesy in dreams. Amen. Young men will see visions. Amen. And let me tell you, that's what our fellowship is doing. It's, it's crazy. It's like my wife tells me that she's, she's had dreams. Amen. And they, they've actually come to pass. And God will tell me something, and I'm like, it's like something that I know in my spirit. And it, it'll start happening. I'm like, God, how can that be? It's because of his Holy Ghost. He wants to help us, amen, as a people, as a church. He wants us to keep, he wants us to keep uh, going forward, amen, with the Great Commission. And he's willing to help us, amen. Sometimes I don't understand the, the things that, that God does, but he does them. Charles Spurgeon says, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. He goes on to say, we are ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fires. He goes on to say that you and I are useless. We're useless amen, without the Spirit of God. And that's why... Amen. People, they turn to other things. They turn to other methods. Amen. Because, amen, they're not, they're not relying on discipleship. Amen. And they're not relying on the Spirit of God. Because it's a, it's a method that, 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 that God created. Amen. That His Son created. And so I, 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 I want to look this evening also at boldness. And so what Jesus Christ, amen, did, we need to do also. And so we need boldness to go on be, beyond ourselves. We're going to, amen, start street preaching. And so how many of us know that can be intimidating? Amen, to street preach. Are you going to give your testimony? Amen. Are you going to go out there, amen, and tell them what God has done in your life? We need to do that, amen. We need to confront people. Because no, the religious world is not going to confront them. They just want them to go to their churches, amen, so they can collect a paycheck. So it's, it's a job to them. And think about this. Peter, he denies Jesus Christ three times in the book of Luke. He denies him. The church is hiding, amen, Jesus Christ dies and they're all scared they're all hiding they don't know what to do amen they're they're being persecuted 
they're co the Roman Empire is coming against them. So they don't know what to do, amen. But when the Holy Spirit came down, Peter is put in prison for preaching the gospel. And the church, amen, it, it explodes in revival. They, they keep pressing forward no matter what happens. Or no matter what happened, they keep kept pressing forward. In the day of Pentecost, the disciples had boldness. Amen. They were preaching the gospel unto the ends of the earth. And so you and I, amen, we need to fulfill this commission. We need to touch the world for Jesus. We need to plant churches. We need the boldness, amen, that God promises us. We need God's power. We need to be, amen, attentive also to the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to say. And fulfill the Great Commission. Mark 16, 5 says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. And so as we are sensitive to the Spirit of God, we can reproduce through discipleship. I want to give you an illustration, amen. And so reflecting on compounding interests. And so the reproductive cycle of nature, I want you to think about this. The world's bi biological population of explosion. And think about this. It's in nature. It's God's method. So a female dog, think about this, can produce 4,372 puppies in just seven generations. And a cat and her offspring can produce 80 million kittens in 10 years. So this same fundamental concept, amen, of multiplication directly applies to the Great Commission. And discipleship. God put it in nature, amen. Think about this. God has given us his spirit, amen, and he has given us a commission. He has given us a direction, amen, and he's... He's more than able, amen, to, to multiply it if people would give themselves to this. But none of this will happen, amen, if we do not take God seriously, if we don't empty ourselves out and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of us know that we can gratify God, we can gratify the Holy Spirit, and we can grieve the Holy Spirit? And that's why I gave those examples, because once you start grieving the Holy Spirit by not doing what God has told us to do, amen, we'll, we'll start doing other things. We'll start calling it, you know, God's method, but it's actually our method, because we're going to run out of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna run out of the whole. We're gonna run out of resources, Amen. And it's the resources that God has commanded. 
Amen. And that's why you see so many people, amen, they, they don't they don't stick, amen, to the, to the biblical ways of doing things, the biblical standards. And yes, in their mind, we're having impact. In their mind, yes, we're reaching the lost. But they're not. Amen. Just just talking to, to Zach, amen, the other day, I, I started mentioning that, that a lot of churches you go to, there, there's, there's men, there's women living in straight up sin, and they're in ministry. And he, he told me, yes, that's a fact. He said he's been to churches like that. And the church world today does, does not know Amen. What it is to to live for God, and so they'll just they'll just let anybody in. It's it's all about grace. Amen. But let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit's involved, it changes everything. It changes us. It changes our way of thinking. Amen. We do a 180, not a 360, because if you do a 360, you land in the same place. Amen. And that's where a lot of people end up. Amen. Can I have every head bow and every eye closed? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening. And we hope you come back for more.